Hi, I'm Holiday Kirk, and thank you for listening to the New Metal Agenda podcast. If you want to help further expand the New Metal Agenda, check us out on patreon.com slash newmetal underscore agenda. Membership perks include ad-free episodes, Patreon-exclusive podcasts, the ability to submit questions for guests ahead of time, free merch, and more. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Good afternoon from Los Angeles. I had to look at the clock. I had to look all the way at the clock to figure out what time of day it was. Good afternoon from Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, people that don't give a fuck. I am Holiday Kirk from the New Metal Agenda, welcoming you and welcoming my co-host, Riviera. Hey. Z. What's up? Grandfather. Hey, everybody. And a massive celebrity guest. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Jerry Gomez of Head PE. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Jared, it really is an honor. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you were actually one of the first of our genre to claim new metal as a positive thing. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If you can't beat them, then join them, right? Uh, I guess so. I I remember you had G-Punk was how you initially described the head PE sound, right? Yeah, you know, back when we were doing it, it was like Dr. Dre and all that was huge, right? So I think that was G-Funk, right? Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. was a twist. that was a twist on Parliament Funk, Funkadelic, which was P-Funk, right? So then they turned it to G-Funk, which was Gangster Funk. Then we turned it to, what did you, G-Punk, right? Which was kind of gangster-influenced punk rock, yeah. Do you remember the first time anyone was like, hey, you guys are new metal? Because I'm sure when that no, happened, you were like, no, fuck sure. that shit. <laughs> In my mind, I feel like it was after the fact, meaning like, you know, it was like our genre was was doing its thing. And then emo came in and like replaced it, you know. Yeah. And so I feel like after emo became big, then what we were doing was called new metal, but don't, you know, don't quote me on that. My memory's foggy. I just, I just don't remember it being called new metal while it was being done, but maybe I'm wrong on that. This is a podcast. You're being quoted on everything. The whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole idea is we're going to be quoting you. So I'm sorry. Um, but what, speaking of things being big, I am really interested in the uh, head PE story because you guys were like in the exact right place at the exact right time. Yeah. To break and i know jive records gave you personally like a million and a half dollars right you know i really think that you know back in the day when we got signed was before the internet you know as we know it today right so i think that like record labels when they would find something then they would all swoop in on that area you know, and be like, what else is going on here? So like at that time in Huntington Beach, um, you know, corn just got signed and there was definitely an eye on the area, you know, it's not got signed. Corn got signed. Deftones got signed. Shrinky Dinks, who was like Sugar Ray got signed. Um, You know what I mean? Like all these bands from like uh, my area, which was like Orange County uh south of la and i really feel like that's why we got signed you know because we weren't we weren't even together that long but we were definitely having success and selling out all the clubs in uh orange county south of la and like clubs like the roxy and stuff we were like selling out so and we had a demo that sold like three thousand, you know that we had in like the skate shops and stuff 
And so that's when Jive came in. You know, we had other like Warner Brothers and and uh, other labels too looking at us, which in hindsight, I feel like we should have went with like Warner Brothers because Jive, you know, was Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys. And we were like their, their kind of like guinea pig rock band, metal You were band. the only rock band on that label. Right. So I'm right. sure they told you, I'm just going to take a swing into things because we talked to other people about this. They probably told you something like, you'll be a priority for us. Oh, yeah. You know, we we want to break a rock band. You guys are going to be it. You guys that's are going to exactly be, exactly be our rock band. And then they, they signed you and then they're like, we don't know how to fucking promote a rock band at all. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's we don't know that- what we're doing. Yeah, well, that's exactly what happened, you know. And, you know, I've got the great stories of like, because, you know, um chester from lincoln park jonathan davis from corn they were literally like calling me and like we want you on our label because your label doesn't know what the fuck excuse me what they're doing like literally i've got these guys who at the time were just like huge stars and bosses in the industry and then but jive was like no not gonna do it you know yeah, it's, I'm interested as to like how things ended up bad with them so fast because they were obviously really invested in you guys, but then you were already calling your sophomore album broke because of how poorly they were treating you. Right. But at the okay. same time, they also gave you, you know, $300,000 to shoot a video for Bartender. So on, on and on and on, dude, like, you know, they spent tons of money in tons of places, you know, um, so you know what there's a lot of they fucked up a lot but they also did a lot of good stuff like they gave me a career like overseas and stuff you know like got our name out australia europe you know touring support touring sport was really strong right oh dude yeah the thing was dude they waited five years between first and second record right Mm mm-hmm that was shit that was terrible because by that time the million and a half dollars had run out you know way before the five years was up you know because they actually gave you a million and a half dollars well the million dollars is not like each guy in a band gets a million bucks right that number from nowhere i'm so good at this now wow so there was like (laughs) they advanced dollar record deal right okay um the thing is, it's like, you know, that's split up between how much the record costs, how much they're going to spend on tour support, and then just, you know, split it's an up. Advance. It's an advance. I know. It's a freaking nope. advance. Nobody knew that at the time. Are you still in <laughs> Are you still in debt to them? You know. No, no, no. Those debts are paid, you know, um, uh, thankfully. So, you know, can get some publishing checks a few times a year. But um, yeah, so it was a trip, you know, I, I was kind of salty, though, after broke, we were kind of salty because we again, we had other bands that were huge in our ear going like, and Papa Roach too, like going, we want to help you, your fucking label sucks. And we, we you guys should be bigger that get that kind of like, you know, gets you thinking and gets you a little bit salty, right? So by the time the third record came out, you know, not only were we not getting along as a band, but definitely we were done with Jive, you know. And what I'm curious about, as someone that has actually seen the uh, Touring for Broke documentary twice, I've always felt like watching that Jive was probably was hyping up Bartender to be like the song of the summer. Like, 
this is going to okay, be the definitely fucking... they put tons of money into bartender got it like top 30 or something <laughs> you know and dude it was a trip though as fast as bartender came and the success was there it like that was how fast it like dropped off a cliff dude um it, it seemed like you know once bartender was no longer on the radio uh, oh man i don't know it just seemed like everything dropped off a cliff but i'm not sure if you know then we did have another resurgence and we built i built the brand back up again you know i'm i'm interested though as to like what they're because it's like at the time they had like the Backstreet Boys on the label and they also had Tupac on the label. So my thinking from a distance as an outside observer has always been like they signed you guys to be like the gangster rap response to like Limp Bizkit and bands like that. Like what if we signed something more authentic? Does that resonate at all? Well, yeah, but we were first before Limp Bizkit, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that what happens is labels who are successful in one genre are, are like, let's open a rock department. We want some of that rock cash. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's what was going on there. They wanted to open a rock department and started with us. Do you have any like particularly good? I mean, cause the tours were intense. Do you have any great touring memories? <laughs> Well, you got to play with Tool and Radiohead on the same day. I think that's right. pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, dude, watching Tool was because I'm a huge Tool fanboy. So that was amazing. And, you know, we went on tour with Motley Crue, dude. Like, you know, that was like one of my first tours. And I was uh, definitely grew up as a huge glam metal fan. And um, so that was fucking pretty, you know, insane for me. Like we were in a uh, the tiny like Cruise America RV and showing up at arenas with they had like five buses. Anyway, so that was like '96. But um, you know, so many great tours, bro. Deftones and Corn and just one, you know, Black Sabbath. You know, <laughs> that was amazing too. And. Just watching Slipknot, you know, play their first show, uh, you know, on the uh, on Ozfest, and just a lot of good memories, you know. But beyond that, you 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 know, the I think there's a testament though to Head PE's longevity. You guys have never gone like three years without an album. I feel like three or four years. Yeah, but that's you know, it's um, it's not like I did it for some kind of amazing, you know, um what i philanthropic cause or anything it's just me hustling trying to just constantly make money from uh rock and roll you know so it's just me constantly working i i, I just say that because i would imagine if i was sitting on a mountain of cash that maybe i wouldn't have as many records come out you know grandfather did you ever see head pe live alarmingly no I was going to wow. see you guys on the oh, last tour. Very the, out of character. The date for you. was on my daughter's birthday. I'm sorry, dude. I really oh, wanted to come. Could have brought it. There's billions of people who've not seen us, so no worries. <laughs> but you are looking to fix that right now. You're on tour. Okay. Well, me, I'm home. Uh, I feel oh. like I can't announce the next tour yet. Although we do have a nice slot on opening for a, a, a bigger band coming up in uh, end of March. 
You can tell us. Did you guys, bro, <laughs> did you hear that our latest record debuted number one on Apple uh, Rock and Metal? On iTunes? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah congratulations. It's a good chart. That's insane. We need to, we need to luckily tool, luckily tool didn't drop on that day. Right. Close call. (laughs) You know what we all need to do as new metal fans. We need to all go back to buying stuff off iTunes because it feels like that's the way to actually get these bands to chart. (laughs) If we all all just streamed the new head PE album, it'd be like, and nowhere, but people buy it off iTunes. And that seems to really make an easy dent. No, you're, I think you're right, dude. Um, it meant that. something to me because I use I'm an Apple guy, you know. How do we start that? Is anyone here? What was the last time you guys bought an album off iTunes? Jerry, did you buy your own album off iTunes? No, here's the thing though, like that's a trip to me because like when you're a member of iTunes, don't you just like get every record for free? I, no, I that's Apple that. Music. That's the like yeah, that's how they do it now. Though. Divisions, two different things. Okay, yeah, I just feel like anytime I want to hear anything, I just go on there and there it is, like for free. Yeah. So. Two different divisions. <laughs> yeah. Before I, I stamp, before I uh, stampede, not a reference, but sure, over my co-host. Does anyone else have any questions for from this era? This era we're talking about. The, the early era, the broke era. Yeah, early era. Yeah, how come only the censored version of broke is on uh, Spotify? Oh, yeah, that's right. I just don't know. I hate that so much. What, why, it's been a mystery plaguing us for ages. I, I swear I get hit hit up with that question like very often, and I just don't have a good answer for it. Because of all the albums to have a clean version, that's really not the one I reach for. The clean I just version. Don't get of. it? You know, like somebody somebody doesn't like me at the old at the record label who put that out or something. You know, it doesn't make sense. Um. On the so, first record, the song IFO, do you still fuck with all the UFO shit? Do you still follow the news of what's coming out? Oh, yeah, but now I'm fully vindicated, right? Me and Bob Lazar. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so all these. So back then, it would like go be like go to Blockbuster Video and go to the paranormal section, right? All yeah. pre, pre, pre-internet shit. And um so yeah now it's just everywhere and it's in the halls of congress and it's just out now like pilots are allowed to talk about their interactions with these you know if you were videos coming out from the don't get me started bro actually so this is a podcast we need you to get started we would like for you (laughs) to in fact get started the congress called you to definitely i'm definitely still into all of that but now it's it's so obvious now with like you know that's with all the um, Air Force pilots coming out and telling their stories and the f- these amazing videos that are out now. It's just like... Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the Detox record and where your head was at going into that? The Detox is like... Um, uh, was uh, um, influenced by the pandemic, right? Um, because... Uh, coming out of the pandemic and trying to finish the record required me to kind of like dry up. I'm like a red wine um, herbal type of guy. And um, I had to really clean up in order to like finish a record. Uh, the, the the pandemic was really hard on me, you know, because um, uh, as a musician, I've always averted every global catastrophe 
until COVID, you know, like nothing ever stopped me from touring or doing my thing until COVID. So that was so gnarly on myself as a breadwinner for the family and all that. So um, detox is, is about that. Right. And I don't know if you're you're if you were told this, but because you were just on Fox News, we're actually the leftist podcast. You got to go on now to balance the scales. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I'm and wondering I'm, your image here. <laughs> I'm curious as to the, the the to the sort of like political schism between the two, because I know on the new record, you also describe yourself as like anti-fascist. So are you kind of a secret agent infiltrating Fox News or how does that net out? <laughs> Definitely. Antifa um, super soldiers. I, I, I definitely wave a black flag. Um, and um, the only reason we were on Fox is because <laughs> on our last tour, my merch guy, who's a vet, um, like subdued some like thief uh, who was running out the back door of Walmart. So because he's a vet, and that mm-hmm. he subdued a thief. Now you know Fox was interested. Yeah, that's yeah. bread and butter right there. And you were like, "I got to get in on that. I'll be in there too." Hey, we have a new album in stores, by the way. Oh yeah, it is yeah. So funny so how that I was happens. Sitting there, going, "I'm over here." Yeah. Um. <laughs> that is a wild story, though. That is, yeah, that is a wild story. It really is. How do they know? I wonder how they even knew about that. They're just they just have agents in every Walmart, like someone. Oh, they got... have like news alerts. No, no. Well, what... <laughs> well, I'm sure what happened was because one of my guys got a video of it, and then we posted it, and then from there, then they found out about it. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Riv, do you have an expansion on that one? I'm, I'm I got on MSN too, though, but. MSN didn't interview us, but the story got on there. MSN still exists? Wow. Yeah, sure does. Kind of. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do I have an expansion on that? I mean, I do think it is interesting the the way in which like the existence, like the, the veteran identity is made into a partisan thing, which is a really in, like intentional. Yeah, aspect just of control of image for something that is like for most people primarily a socioeconomic choice rather than than a partisan one. But uh, I was just like, about to say that too. I was just yep, definitely. Just that was exactly that. what he was thinking. But is that about so, new metal? No, so yeah. But doesn't it seem like both sides of the aisle support veterans? So I don't know why the right thinks they're going to own that issue. That's silly. To yeah. Me. Well, it's message. It's it's. I, I think about this too often. It's just messaging. Like if you go on the same channel every day and are like, "Yeah, we support veterans," people will just listen to that and believe that after long enough. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's just repetition, repetition. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Messaging, repetition. That's Wait. just yeah. That's the silliness of the modern day thing that's going on, isn't it? Let me ask you something, Jared. Of your discography, what do you think is your best record so far, and what is your least favorite? Huh. Well, mm, I like this record, New World Orphans, that I that I did. That's one of my favorites. Detox also being up there, but that's probably recency bias. Um, um, one of my, the records that I that don't care for. Hmm. Huh. Um. 
Wow, I'd have to sit and listen to him then for sure. I'm basically a self-loathing artist though and don't really care for my my stuff anyway. So <laughs> I could spread the hate around pretty evenly. Um, you know, here's the thing is like, there was a, a, a kind of a three record thing there and I believe it was like, forever and then stampede where i was like didn't have a, a good writing partner because i like writing with the guitar player you know yeah um and i think that's why detox kind of hit a nerve again because uh i have a writing partner his name's remy he lives in amsterdam and we've written about 30 songs together now and i feel like on detox we kind of hit our stride but between Jackson and Remy, I had like a few guitar players that I could never kind of hook up with, you know? So those yeah. records would probably be my least favorite. Okay. When you, so in, in 2000, you did an interview with Billboard magazine where you'd said as a kid, you would write up in a journal, a bunch of lyrics, and then you just grab a bunch all at once and sort of put pieces together at random to come up with lyrics. Huh. Uh, is that still how you work or do you have a different not at method all. now? Not at all. And you know what? Um, I would have done well with some academics and going to school and learning how to write songs better and stuff. Cause um, now, now my, you know, I'm much more like topic for topic, you know, and writing a song from beginning to end all based on a certain topic, you know, where, uh, like you were just talking about before, it would just be a lot of stuff. And then just when the time came to do a record, just kind of try and collect my thoughts. Now it's really song for song that I'm just writing, concentrating on a song at a time. Got it. Now with a lot of your older songs, I mean, it's probably fair to say you have a lot of controversial lyrics. Are there <laughs> any other songs you like regret doing or would have done a little bit differently? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh so many songs i regret um i don't you know i do have a level of self-awareness to where when i'm doing a song i i know it's like it's corny or like uh, maybe not necessarily offensive but just like it's corny i you know? definitely um, put broke on while in the car with my girlfriend once and was like maybe not actually maybe not some of this Right, like for instance, broke is definitely like uh, written from a juvenile perspective of a guy who's like kind of mad at the world, mad at his most recent relationship, you know, that type of stuff. Um, yeah, so a lot of my stuff is not that artsy and not that poetic and is more just kind of grimy and corny and in your face, but. You it's, know what? Well, it's I, tough, I right? Because I just can't help myself, I guess. So the more I do this and the more music I listen to, the more I think of like, you know, we can sit here and be like, oh, tisk tisk, you shouldn't have said that, should have said that. But also, like, if we were to go back and change that album, then it wouldn't be that album anymore, right? Like yeah. you're expressing how you felt at the time. We just need to be mature enough, I guess, to sift through some of the lyrics. Maybe a couple of them not so great, but I think for the <laughs> most part, like you can't just strike that from the record. You know what I mean? Right. And because my approach is not like, is not that uh, subliminal or, you know, um, it's more just like, hey, you know, the sky is blue and 
doesn't it hurt to to cut yourself it, it's not like it's not that tricky the lyrics aren't that tricky you know um it's just out there like an open book and you know a lot of people don't appreciate that type of art anyway so i always really felt like like the like when you guys got signed the reason jive signed you guys was because they were like oh dr dre is really big right now and like gangster rap is really big right now can we get someone like that doing new metal yeah again like there was an eye on the area and it did seem like you could tell that there was a trend uh, or where things were going in terms of just kind of bl blending the genres of hip-hop and metal you know what i mean yeah. so it was, you could kind of just see where it was going and so head pe was Plus, we'd proven ourselves in the area of by like, you know, selling out local shows. So we were kind of proving that we had something going on. When you guys got signed, were you were you 30 at the time? No, I was older than that. Um, I think I was 32. How did that affect like going into the recording process? Because by 32 in the music industry, people kind of have like seen it all, done it all. You know what I mean? well <laughs> did your back all the, hurt all the other your, guys did your back hurt after shows i need to know this actually now or hurts right now. at the time <laughs> no no um not at the time <laughs> at the time i was feeling pretty spry um <laughs> all the guys were in their like mid and younger 20s so you were in pretty good company though wayne static of static x was like 35 i think yeah, I didn't realize that. He seemed pretty young. Um, Serge is older too, right? Always just also like up the there, yeah. Guy. But um, you know what? At the time, I was just like, was like um, resigned to just being in a band and wasn't really that worried about getting signed, to be honest. I was just like, well, even if I don't get signed, I'm still going to be in a band, you know? Yeah. Do you do you do you have like lingering neck and back problems now though? Has it taken its toll? Does Jai have a I good think, medical problem? I think that this is a thousands, office chair problem. Thousands of shows later, I, probably the only thing that is is shitty is I, I um, tore the ligaments in my knee on tour like fifteen years ago. Besides that, I feel pretty great. Awesome, well, see, you're in pretty good shape. I mean. Yeah, you know, I've always been a workout kind of guy, so I've always stayed pretty fit and done cardio and, and weights, like, since I was in fucking junior high. <laughs> you have a long and storied history of a guy that enjoys a good conspiracy here and there. You were proven, I think you were vindicated for the most part on the UFOs thing. Are there any other conspiracy theories you think are true now and maybe more true than they used to be? Wow. Yeah, dude, it actually is a trip, and uh, <laughs> um, do it. Get yourself in trouble. This, Come on. A lot of the stuff that I was like Time to go viral, loudwire, almost came to pass. But what's funny is most of my listeners see it in a reverse. They're like in the reverse world where they they're seeing it one way, and I'm seeing it the complete opposite. You know, like um. I feel like we just nearly averted fascism recently. And um, 
I know a lot of my listeners feel like it's the opposite. Yeah, I don't know that is. If, yeah. that, they'll do that. They'll do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's really weird. Like, I can't even. I ha I don't even really speak on issues anymore because people nowadays are like have gone nuts over shit. You know, like it's tough too. Yes, it's culty. You know. Um, yeah. So I, I've kind of like, but like even before it got like this, I was like, you know what? I've said everything I need to say about certain conspiracies. I don't want to just keep repeating myself, and I don't want to just. Um, I don't I want to be it is. part I of the problem, which to me, part of the problem is to only focus on problems and not solutions. I think yeah. it's funny because it's like back in 2009, you just like know a guy that was into conspiracy theories and you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. And now everyone's a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, Everyone but dude, is a conspiracy but, you know, theorist. They, they took away like the, the good, like, you know, the, the critical thinking conspiracies and replaced it with like you know the QAnon and all this kind of like crazy like just believe anything you read like yeah, you know, yeah what like, happened to the fun it's like what nothing... happened to the fun conspiracy theories like the moon landing's fake that was fun <laughs> i like the moon landing being fake that was like right, or 911 that was a great one you know that yeah. arguably not fun arguably not fun <laughs> but it was the the era in which you could say stuff like that was more fun yeah no it is i mean that's like free. any now and people he, take it like really personal you know yeah. people people yeah. are very like very the investigative impulse has been replaced with like and i used to notice I like when i used to be online more people would be like hey i've got my guns or whatever let me know bro when you're ready and i'd be like bro this is not about this is not that don't come to my shows but thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you Somebody, yeah. So much of the of the conspiracist culture now is also just like a failure to imagine a better future, right? Like the idea I, of, of aliens being out there, like that is in some ways like a really beautiful idea or it could be that like yeah. there is this untold like wonder of the universe, which is very different from like, oh, someone selling like survival food buckets and also has a, a gun <laughs> manufacturer sponsorship selling ammo and telling you that like your neighbors are, are going to come eat you. And so you it's, have to buy not just any survival. This is what she theirs. believes, by the way. This is what she believes. She's not saying that. She's in a basement bunker right now. That's why she's got the toilet paper up there. She's stocked um, up. Excuse you. It's paper towel. Oh, but think about it. Also, too, you can like, still use it. Yeah. The way like in this country where there's a certain faction um, who believe that like, uh, you know, the QAnon thing that like there's like the dem there's a certain uh faction of democrats that are like you know eating babies or you know drinking some fluids Wait, from, I, I thought uh, we were talking about their children and it's like and I'll that's, tell you. that's a, as insane as thinking the aliens are coming to like you know take take over you could have woke everyone up on fox news you could have been like you're being lied to wake up buy my album <laughs> That shit would have never got aired. They probably would have cut that, yeah. I wasn't on live. I know, I know. <laughs> later. I think anybody who saw fire in the sky back in 1994 knows the aliens are real. I think they don't pass the lie detector test. I think we could get Jared on Fox News Live. I think we could make him like a co-host of Fox and Friends or something. Would you, you can always um and then you call can into tell C-SPAN. They let anyone call it. People say some wild stuff. What what did you say? You can always call into C-SPAN. 
Don't let anyone. See that? Yeah, but who's did watching you ever, that? Hey, did you ever see that <laughs> clip of uh, Jonathan Davis on Alex Jones's show? Oh, I, I didn't see that. Oh, it's Dude, great. I talked it's to great. Alex Jones on the phone once back in the day, like 15 years ago when I used to like watch his videos and like I used to use samples of his shit like on between songs back when it was more like, you know, I don't know if, if you, you knew remember it, the shift like, way yeah. long ago. Back when no, it was there, yeah. That's what I was uh, going to say is the Jonathan Davis Alex Jones call is a real good um, indicator of how far we have come conspiratorially because he's just yeah. like you expect it to be really bad and then he's just like the government is spying on us and it's like yeah yeah, yeah they are yeah they <laughs> they're doing that, that yeah okay <laughs> go by you go ever by think about the album, Jammers database Serenity of Suffering in stores December 29th <laughs> pretty normal stuff pretty normal stuff yeah <laughs> Well, what I've noticed, too, is that, like, when I would evolve my way of thinking that, like, a lot of the people who listen to my music didn't appreciate that, right? Yeah. Like, I would start, like, for instance, if I started off thinking, oh, you know, the government's junk, we need to just tear it down and start over, and then started to think, oh, the government's not junk, it's just kind of uh, some of the people in it are junk, and it it can actually do really well if we put more of our people in there. Oh, wow, my pe- so a lot of my people were like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> Man, <laughs> you, you really, mean? Come, you you really come a long way on, on this. You've really gone away from the rabbit hole. You're very much like an outlier. People that have, like, People that believe the moon landing were fake in 2009 are much crazier now for the most part. Now you're just kind of like, yeah, we just need better candidates. Well, I'd vote for you. If, if you ran for office, I'd vote for you. I'll tell you what. That is me, though. I'm like, I don't know if that comes with age or whatever, but I don't know. I'm not so much like just anti everything, you know. I believe that like there, there's not enough nuance when it comes to conspiracy people. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you I think that, your... I mean, a lot of them at the end of the day, like what they want is for someone else to be in control and making the decisions for them. And if that's not how you're approaching it, you're going to have a very different experience than if, like, fundamentally, what you want yeah. is, yeah. See what we and that's a doctrine. trip. That is a trip to me that they have this authoritarian kind of like, uh, you know, uh they're pulled in an authoritarian way, but then they're like claiming patriotism all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah. Z, what were you going to say? Oh, when you changed your tune on Obama, cause I remember uh, early on, you were kind of hard on him. Then you started supporting him. How many fans got pissed at you? Oh that? yeah. Yeah. That was pretty gnarly for me, dude. Yeah. Well, again though, when, when uh, at the time Obama came out, I was more like rage against the machine. Like both sides are the same, you yeah. know, like, and, and nope, we're, we're not choosing anything. They're chosen for us. Right. Well then like Obama kind of got to me being the first kind of like, uh, well, not just because he was, um, the first, whatever, non-European guy, and and I was like, well, if they're if they're in charge of everything, why are they starting to tell this story that involves this darky guy, you know? But anyway, he just got me to where I started thinking, oh wow, you know, maybe maybe the vote your vote does matter. And dude, yeah, so many people didn't, you know. I I'm sure I lost a lot of fans from that. But it's good you stick to your guns about these things. 
Yeah. What else am I going to do? You know, nowadays, I, plenty I of other people lie and just right. yeah. nowadays, I, I don't feel the need. Nowadays, I'd rather sing about personal shit because I found that like when I was like concentrating on all conspiracy shit, my personal life was junk. You know, I think yes. that's yes. a lot of people, people nowadays constantly looking at shit to blame because they're just so unhappy in their their own little personal life. This is going to, I, I think this episode is going to surprise everybody. I think people are going to expect you to have been going off on some tangents and said, you're just like in a very nice place for yourself. We all, I think I love it. We all love it. <laughs> I think it's because that uh, compilation from the charity show where you talk about Hillary Clinton and Obama has gone viral a lot in the last few years. The live stream but, one. Yeah. I think it was 2009. It was uh, right after, I want to say around, it was right before New Day Rising came out when you were still wearing the face paint on stage. There's a couple yeah. clips of you talking about the Clintons and Obama that just go crazy viral every time someone posts them. But clearly you've kind of moved away you know from the beliefs. I haven't let's, memorized. Let's, <laughs> let's get a little. Let's get, let's get past this, though. Let's uh, enough. Enough conspiracy talk. This is just in general. I, I just want to say I think it really sucks that you got penalized for showing personal growth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, People are scared. It change. does suck, but. Uh, I guess, you know, that's the price you pay for being authentic. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to do it really any other way. Then again, it's not like I want to change anybody's ideas about or feelings about anything. You know, it's just that I have this spidey sense when it comes to like racism. And, or, so it's like for me in politics, compassion and racism are going to be kind of like my compass for how I'm judging a politician if they're not compassionate and just like have a feeling of equality for everybody then that's it for me who was your last tour with because you can't tell us now this next tour so I'm curious right, what the, the last, last tour, tour we did was with nonpoint okay you guys get along well oh yeah yeah I love them guys. I just saw them with uh, Mudvayne they're awesome yeah, they're great, and we get along great. We tend to get along great with everybody nowadays, though. And who before that, didn't you go on a bigger sort of – you went on a new Metal tour. It was called New Metal, right? Yeah, we went on a, a new Metal Madness tour with a bunch of bands from back in the day, dude. We went on tour with Crazy Town. Did you I hear about say, that? I was going to say. That, like, that. the TMZ because him and one of his guys, and then he went to jail – uh, he bloodied up one of his band members and then went to jail all during the tour. But um, living yeah. up to his band's name. Yeah. And then well, who else was on the tour? Adima and Tantric. Okay. And how were the vibes on that? Aside from the incident, yes. The vibes yeah. were great. We had a great time and there were some really great, really good shows. Yeah. Didn't come to LA. When was the last time you guys played LA? We just played at the whiskey um like 10 days ago. That's right. Shit. I think I heard about that. That's all right. It was kind of a late notice show, but it was fun. Okay, cool. Um, well, I think I'm about winded of questions. You guys have any lingering stuff to ask our, yeah. our distinguished guest? Yeah, so early on in Orange County, how did the punks feel about you guys incorporating hip hop into your sound? Uh, how did the process go? No, well, like, how, how did, did the punks feel about yeah. it? Yeah, 
like all the OC punk rockers. Oh, uh, when you say OC punks, do you mean like skinheads? <laughs> Not necessarily, but I guess they count too because they are in the. <laughs> yeah, so. Huntington Beach has a lot of like nazi skinheads yeah it's scary at shows <laughs> yeah and some of them like kind of embraced head pe um huh. that just happens like it happened with bad brains right which is all yeah. black punk band that's kind of interesting right all black punk band that all of a sudden has like nazi skinheads at every fucking show but anyway we had something like that but not as intense um I'll tell you what, in the 90s in Huntington, it was just like that, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know because of, you know, Huntington is right next to Long Beach, you know? And there was just a huge influence of, like, the Long Beach gangster culture into, like, HB skate culture, you know? Um, and um, with that also, you know, you know clothing, vibe music everything in the uh, long beach gangster culture kind of made its way into the huntington skate culture and we were kind of just a part of that i think too you so know when people heard so the it sound felt natural yeah what I'm saying is it was natural you know like even bands like the offspring and who were like even more of the purest punk rock bands even like had or no doubt or sublime you know what i mean like sublime it, it, it was like an example of that right they're from long beach punk rockers but incorporating like dance hall and hip-hop elements into their punk rock you know mm -hmm. so it was yeah. all that type of element that feeding off of that at the time so it was a welcome sound it wasn't necessarily yeah. rejected that's yeah, good. It, it really was welcome, dude. Um, again, like we got signed after being together for a couple years. I got to mention it again, just because this is one of the ways I actually got back into your band. And I'm sure I'm not alone. Did you were you involved in the production of I think it was Chad's documentary, the Ma touring for broke documentary? Um, I, I wasn't involved in the production of it, but Chad and I were talking a lot um uh maybe you know um in an executive producer uh like he had your capacity, blessing to do it right only because i helped him kind of like uh i introduced him to the record label i was working with to kind of get it out get you know give it a bigger platform yeah and, and uh chad and i have always been cool you know um so he was we were like talking a lot as he was finishing it up it's really good i really like it you've seen it right dude i love it yeah yeah it's so good i love that they that he took all that footage and made something out of it i feel like a lot of bands just have a lot dude, of stuff left i don't over. even remember him walking around with a camera i'm so stoked i know that he captured that <laughs> well that about does it for me i can't believe you've never seen this band grandfather Hey, you'll, you'll we're gonna change that. Hopefully this year. Yeah, you, you said live in Mars, that's really close to my birth. I'm in Indiana. You guys actually, the New Metal Madness tour came to Holbert, Indiana. It was on my wife's birthday. It keeps lining up like this. You I gotta, think, you gotta sing. You guys play the art theater, right? Yeah, and I think one of the guys from uh, um, Adima's from Indiana. Anyway, you'll get your chance to see us. <laughs> oh, it's happening. 
everyone. Because I, um, hey, you guys, um, thanks for having me on. I had a great time talking with y'all. Appreciate it. It was Thank an absolute pleasure. On. Do you yeah, want to let really the people fun. know what you're up to now, where they can find you, your latest release? Yeah, yeah. Detox debuted number one on Apple. Not sure if I mentioned that. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a great record. Check us out on the uh, Facebook, Instagram. We're going on the road at the end of March. Um, and then um, we'll be on the road for a couple months, actually. All right. Thank you so much, Jared, one more time. And I'd like to just say before we're done here, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you've done for our genre, the music you've made. It's meant a ton to me. It's meant a ton to a lot of people. And thank you so much for proudly representing the new metal agenda. Thank you, bro. Appreciate the kind words, man. Not a problem. And if you're listening here at home, thank you for listening into this day. Make sure to be supporting new talent and checking out some of the legacy bands. Thank you guys all so much. Have a great rest of your day.